Hey, welcome to the H&HR podcast. My name is Heather Taves. And I am Heidi Bolt. And we're sisters. We believe here at the H&H Hour that your ordinary is extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the H&H Hour. Hi, Heidi. Hey, Heather. Good morning. Happy Saturday morning. We don't normally record on Saturdays, so this is unique. I know. We hardly ever do, but nope. this week we are. We are. I'm currently drinking Echinacea Throat Coat. Ew. It is real bad. Yeah. It is giving me memories as a child when we used to take Echinacea. Oh. And I'm realizing now why I have not taken Echinacea in about 30 years. Because it tastes so terrible. It's real bad. So bear with me as I sound like a frog today. No, I think you sound beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful frog. Beautiful frog. (laughs) So our brother sent us a text yesterday, um, and it was an old song that we used to sing (laughs) way back when we were early teenagers by this great guy named Chris Rice, and it was What If Cartoons Got Saved? Yes. So stop this podcast right now and go look it up and listen to it and then come back and finish the rest of this podcast because it is the funniest song. And I played it for my kids. I mean, it's old school. Let's just be real. Were they unimpressed? Oh, no. They were laughing. Oh, they were? Oh, yeah. They thought it was really funny. They didn't know all of the cartoons that he mentioned. Sure. You know, like, I think they barely knew who the Flintstones were, but um, it's a really funny song. But it made me think of just fun childhood memories and... Okay, so the Flintstones, this is hilarious. My kids recently watched the Flintstones. Okay. It's like the new one, you know, where they actually use real people instead of the little oh, cartoons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they were watching it, and this was just a couple days ago. Well, then last night, we went on a family date, and we went to our favorite, it's called the Oyster Bar. Yeah. And it's seafood, and they use the oyster shells as their landscape rock. So every time we leave, they're all like, can we choose a landscape, you know, can we choose an oyster shell? Yes, you may. So they're, they're choosing them. Well, Crosley, my eight-year-old, decided he, he's picked up eight because he's eight. Oh. And I said, oh, no, bud, just use one. And he says, yabba-dabba's sad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so everything right now is yabba-dabba-doo, like the Flintstones. Okay. So yabba-dabba's sad. Have you played this song for them Not yet? yet. Oh, you totally have to. Not yet. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's kind of cute when yeah. it makes your almost teenager boy laugh. That's fun. Because it's hard. It's hard yeah. for my humor to connect with him very often. And yeah. so it was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. But dabba do. So fun. Okay. Heather, let's talk about our kids. Okay. Let's do it. Because I've had a couple things happen recently. Yes. Where, um, let's just be real. The mama bear came out of me mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And I was yabba dabba mad. Mm-hmm. And uh, same. So let me just tell you the stories, please. And you tell can us. you can tell me about the things I did right and wrong. I'm an open book. Okay. Um. Okay. So a, a while back, my younger son got a little motorized motorcycle. Yes. But it's an electric motorcycle, so it's quiet. Yeah. You know, it's real quiet actually. I'm shocking. It's shocking how quiet it is. Yeah. And we were visiting uh, a family member recently, and my children were riding the motorcycle. It was like three in the afternoon, you know, the time when children should be outside playing. Right. And it's fall, so it's beautiful out, you know. And I'm that mom that's like, let's go outside. It's time to play. Mm-hmm. You know, get, get outside. Greens. Screen outside. time's over. Yes. Get outside. And um, so my kids were riding this motorcycle around this little cul-de-sac, bothering nobody. And... 
I was inside. I'd gone inside to get my daughter up from a nap and, you know, get packed up, ready to go. And my oldest son, Crosley, walks in and he's got big tears in his eyes. Mm. And I said, buddy, what's wrong? Why, why are you, are you, are you sad? Are you sulking? What's happening here? And he said, that lady just came barging out of her house and she came right up to me and she said, kid, if you keep riding that motorcycle past my house, I'm going to let my dog attack you. What? For real. Let my dog attack you? I was super annoyed. Uh, yeah. As First you should of all, be. I'm like, who threatens a child who's outside playing on a public street? So I said, are you sure that's what she said? Are you sure that's what happened? And Wilder, my younger son, was right behind him to defend him and said, Mom, that's exactly what she said. And he repeated it. Oh. And they're like, a little shook up about it. Yeah. You know, Wilder's course. ticked, you know, that his big brother is getting bullied. And <laughs> and I was like, that's what this is. You are bullying my child. Yeah. So I did what any mother I think would do, mm-hmm. whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. Mm-hmm. I went to defend my son. And I said, I'm going to go talk to her because that's not right. That is not right that yeah. she would treat a child like this. Right. And so I lovingly marched over to her house and I was actually holding my daughter at that point because she'd just woken up from a nap. Let's be real. Were you stomping a little no, bit? No, I actually wasn't. I felt very calm about it. Oh, but good. I also was just like, no, you don't, you do not get to treat my child like this right. and get away with it. Right. Um, and honestly, I've had to go head to head with a few people over the course of my life, over people that I love. Yeah. When someone is treating them poorly. Yeah. And it's like, no, you don't get to act like this and get away with it. Right. If it's about my people. Yeah. And so um, I went and knocked on her door and I was actually really hoping she would answer the door. But her her dog, which turns out to be one of those little yappy dogs, Mm -hmm. you know, but we didn't know. I didn't know it was a yappy dog. Right. It could have been a huge dog for all you knew. Exactly. So um, I hear the dog come running, you know, running to the door. Yap, 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 yap. I'm like, okay, that must be the dog. The person I was visiting confirmed like, oh, yeah, it's a small little yappy dog. But nonetheless... I hear her, her windows are all covered. I hear her like quietly step to the door, pick up the dog and walk away from the door. So she's totally avoiding. Totally avoiding the situation. Yeah. So So, she threatens your kid and then she won't come out and actually have a conversation, an adult conversation with you. Absolutely. I'm thinking, yo, chick, you should be glad I don't have the police at your door right now. Right. For threatening my child. So in this situation, Heather, what would you have done? Well... My first instinct would have been to um, ignore it mm. and not want to confront it because... Like fight or flight, you're flight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flight, okay. for sure. Um, and I'm fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but my maturity mm-hmm. and my um, responsibility as a mom, mm-hmm. and honestly, as a Christ follower, who knows that we cannot just ignore the hard things in front of us, yeah. would have put my big girl pants on and would have gone over there and would have knocked on the door and said... Ma'am, I'm really sorry that you feel like my children were bothering you. Mm-hmm. Is there something that I can help you with mm-hmm. to, you know, and, and tried, I mean, I, I don't know if I would have been that nice. Mm-hmm. I think I would have tried to be, to try to have compassion to understand where she was coming mm-hmm. from. But at the same time, like saying, it's not okay for you to threaten my, my child right. with putting, sticking your dog on him. Right. Like that's, that's uncalled for. Right. If you have an issue, come and talk to me. Yeah. Well, and that was my thought. One was, so my boys are still young. 
they're not old enough to defend themselves against an adult. For sure. And I thought, you know, this is an example for them to teach them that mom is your defender yes. at this point in your life. Absolutely. There will be a time when you might be 32 years old and you're having a con- conflict with your boss. I'm not going to come to your office and defend you. That is not going to be my role anymore. Right. You can handle yourself right. then. Or maybe but, even 18 years old or yes. 17 years old. Yes. <laughs> There's a time when they have to learn how to do that. Absolutely. But as a five and eight-year-old, I'm absolutely going to go and be their protector. 100%. And be the person in between them and the conflict that goes, no, we're yeah. going to work this out. Right. So there was that. Well, because then they know too that you're defending them. Yeah. That they feel safe and protected because yes. you are their protector. Right. Right. I want, I'm not going to stand by and be silent. No. Because that's a form of abuse in, in, a, in a verbal abuse sense. Absolutely. Well, and I think just because someone is like we talk, we've talked about that fight or flight where mm-hmm. your natural instinct is to fight and mine is to flight mm-hmm. to run away from the situation. Um, it doesn't mean if we're flight, it doesn't mean that we don't have to deal with the situation. Sure. I think a lot of times as, you know, people that have that, that personality where they just want to pull the covers over their head and not face the situation, um, oftentimes then they don't. Right. And it's the people that they're supposed to be protecting and defending that then take the hit. Yeah. And get the wound. So yeah. was there ever any resolution? Um, no, there wasn't. Yeah. She didn't come to the door. Yeah. Um, but I think the the resolution was that my children saw that I was willing to defend them. Yes. And that I said, no, when we are visiting this family member, you can ride your bikes, you will ride your bikes, but next time I will stand out here with you if I happen to hear that her dog is barking. Right. You know, and I think one of our brother-in-laws said she was just annoyed that her dog was barking. And so it was bothering her, but it was bothering nobody else. Right. You know, and so I think really it was probably a selfish thing on her part. Yeah. was like, this is annoying me that my dog is barking. So therefore I'm going to make my, the children outside stop doing what they're doing. So my dog stops barking. Right. So, but, and then the, the second encounter was that there were, um, in our neighborhood, there's quite a few children that play in our yard, which is a good thing. Um, and my kids enjoy it. Um, and we do draw boundaries where it's like, Hey, right now it's time for family time. So all of y'all need to leave. Um, but again, the same child and, and admittedly he is, I feel eight is a little bit difficult with boys. I'm finding that. Um, I think he's facing a lot of emotions, maybe some biorhythms, some hormones that we've not faced previously. And so, and he's also very tenderhearted. He's actually a lot like me in that sense where I am willing to fight and work things out, but I'm also very tenderhearted. And so he came in and he said, I'm not going to play anymore. And he had just gone out. So I said, well, what's wrong? Why, why not? And he said, oh, some of the kids are, are being really mean and I just, I don't want to be a part of it. And I said, well, what are they being mean about? And they said, he said, well, they told me that I'm stupid and not as smart as them. I said, why did they say that? What happened? What were you talking about? And he said, well, you know, they both go to school and they go to school together and I'm homeschooled. So they told me that I'm stupid and they're smart. buddy. And mind you, these are boys that are a year and a half and two years older than him. Yeah. So farther ahead in grades. And they know better. So I said, well do you think that you're stupid and not as smart as them? And he said, no, because I taught them how to ride their bikes. (laughs) (laughs) When we had moved in, he taught these little children how to ride their bikes who were older than him. I said, okay, well, so you know, there's things that you're really good at and that you're not, you're not stupid just because you don't go to public school with them. Yeah. 
And so I said, do you want to let this go? Or do you want to go out and have a conversation with about, about it? And he said, I don't want to talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, but you're going to come out tomorrow. So he's flight. <laughs> at least in that pos- in that spe- yeah. position. You're going to come out tomorrow and those same little boys are going to be in your yard wanting to play. Yeah. So are you going to pretend like it didn't happen? And he's like, oh, that's going to be awkward. Yeah. I said, yeah, that is going to be awkward. So why don't we go out together and have a conversation with these little boys? Because they were physically swinging on my swing set in my yard. As you're having this conversation with your son. And so my son didn't want to play because they were there. Right. So we went out and I just said, hey, guys, I'm like, Crosley came in. He said, he said that you guys are bullying him because he's homeschooled. Is that true? And their eyes get big as saucers and they're immediately like backpedaling like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not because he's homeschooled. It's just yada, yada, yada. And I just, I stopped him and I said, guys, here's the deal. You guys are buddies. This is not how we treat people. We do not put others down just because they're different than us. Yeah. I said, the only thing that makes Crosley different than you boys is that he stays home for school and you go to school. And then this other little boy starts spouting off. He's like, well, I think he's just homeschooled because it's cheaper to homeschool your kid than to send him to school. And I was like, oh, kid, you have no idea right now what you're even Some talking like about. Some like nine-year-old kid telling you what exactly. he um, And I'm like, my tax money pays for your schooling, child. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's go down that road. Yeah. But anyway, um, so as we're having this conversation, that one of the dads overhears from an, from the other yard, and he's like, hey, everything fine? And I said, well, we've had some conflict. We're going to work through it so that they can continue to be buddies. And he's like, absolutely. So he comes over. He kneels down by the situation. And he's like, what's going on? And we shared what had been said. And I was actually really proud of this dad because mm-hmm. we know him, but not like super well. Um, he handled it really well and he heard the boys out. He heard Crosley out. And then he said, Hey boys, that was not nice. Crosley's really smart. Just cause you go to a different school than him. Doesn't mean that he's less intelligent than you. Mm-hmm. He's like, we don't ever put someone down who is different than us. Wow. And I was just proud to hear him say that, you know, and both boys were like, but, 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 yeah. and he's like, no, there's no defense right now. Wow. This is wrong. That's awesome. And so But I think it was good for all three of those boys Mm -hmm. to realize, hey, we do deal with hard things in life. We're all going to. And we face them. Yeah. Teaches them how. Conflict resolution. Yes. And that's what I said. I told the dad, I said, you know, thank you for helping deal with this Mm -hmm. because I know tomorrow they're all going to want to play and it's going to be much better Mm -hmm. if they can learn how to face their struggles instead of pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. And he was like, absolutely. I think that's good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I think um, I've had to kind of go to bat for, you know, we laugh about me being flight, but when it comes to your kids, man, it really, like the fight does come out. Sure. You want to defend your kids. And there have been a couple things over the years, especially with my daughter um, that I've had to go to bat for her Mm -hmm. for and with friends. And I I think, I mean, in your case, it was boys. Mm -hmm. Boys can be mean, but man, girls can be brutal Mm -hmm. from a young age too. And so there have been a couple things that I've gone to bat with her over, but, um, I am thinking about this whole thought of bullying and the words that we say and how powerful they are. And it reminds me of those verses in Proverbs. Mm -hmm. And I laugh because it seems so contradictory, but I think there's such a point to it. Mm -hmm. It's in Proverbs 26. And the first one says, 
Don't answer the foolish arguments of fools or you will become as foolish as they are. Yeah. And then the very next verse says, be sure to answer the foolish arguments of fools or they will become wise in their own estimation. So you're like, well, what is it? Don't answer them or do answer them. Right. And the answer is yes. Yeah. It's both. And that's where the discernment of the Holy Spirit comes in because yes, of course, when it, it's your child and you're their defender and you're their, you're their protector, you do need to go in and you need to answer that foolish argument and yeah. that foolish, those foolish words mm-hmm. to defend your child. Mm-hmm. But then it makes me think of another time that, um, a couple times, but one in particular stands out that my husband and I were sat down and blasted. Mm-hmm. Words were spoken over us, accusations. We were called names. Mm-hmm. And we both separately in that moment felt the Holy Spirit say, don't open your mouth. Mm-hmm. I am your defender. Mm-hmm. Do not answer these foolish people with any words of your own. Wow. And you talk about hard when they're saying things about you that you know are not true criticizing your character criticizing your character your walk criticizing the call of god on your life and you're sitting there taking it and you just have to be silent and i believe that that is that's what the verse four means don't answer the foolish arguments of fools you don't have to answer a foolish person when they're calling things out that are lies right but there are times then be sure to answer the foolish person when you do have to stand up yeah. for truth and you do have to call things out. And that's why I think I think that's why the writer of Proverbs put it in there both ways mm-hmm. because you have to use the discernment of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, where sometimes our silence is is needed so that God can be our defender and right. sometimes we are called to be the defender of the weak. That's right. And the defender of those who are being persecuted. Yeah. Uh, so it's both. Well, and I love that it, that that does feel like tension in that chapter right there. Yeah. Of that that tension that the scripture holds of, wait, what is it? But that's where the Holy Spirit's yes. discernment comes in. Yes. And as I think as, at least for me, I remember as a child reading verses like that and thinking, huh, that doesn't make any sense. But then now, mm-hmm. having walked with the Lord and yeah. spent time in his presence and time in his word... The, you feel that discernment of the Holy Spirit of like, oh, this is what he meant. Right. Like move forward, speak speak out against it or stay silent. Mm-hmm. And that is the beauty of life with Jesus and yes. the Holy Spirit. He, The Holy Spirit is named the helper. Yes. And it is so true because in those moments where you do sense like, okay, maybe your, te- your natural tendency would be flight, but he goes, no, you're going to step in stay. and fight. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay. Yeah. Or... Maybe my natural tendency is let's work this out. Yeah. It's like, hey, just step back and be still. Yeah. And and that beauty of maturing in the Lord. Yeah. And that that is you are able to take steps forward. Right. In understanding the the scriptures, the discernment of the Lord, what that looks like, how that comes out of us, what that fruit looks like in our lives. Right. And I think that that maturity is so important because it allows us to then trust God. Trust God in every situation, in a situation with our kids where, okay, we've, we've protected them and they've seen that and we've modeled that for them, but we're trusting God now to use that lesson in their life for them to walk out as, Mm -hmm. as they grow. And as they remember, remember my mom defended me. Well, I'm not going to treat people that way Mm -hmm. because I don't, 
I remember what it feels like, right. you know, and, but that maturity that we get to then say, okay, this is a situation I, my voice is not needed in. Right. I may not know, understand the full context of this, or I may not have anything to add that would be profitable. Right. And so my voice is just going to stay silent. And I think about that a lot with social media. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about the fact that we will often say things on social media that we would never say to someone's face. Right. Or we jump into an argument that we actually have no, no, um, knowledge in. Yeah. Yeah. No experience in. Right. No experience in or, or no right Mm -hmm. to get involved in, Mm -hmm. in it. And social media is just a really cowardly way Mm -hmm. to communicate and to have conversations with people. Um, and I have actually unfollowed people because they're just constantly jumping into conversations and stating their opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe even their right opinion, Mm -hmm. you know, something that's truthful, but it's just done in a cowardly way on social media. And so I just don't ever think, I don't ever think you should engage in social media, Mm -hmm. um, in conflict, right. In something that's a hot topic. I think unfortunately, a lot of people use social media as a way to just be be noticed and put their opinion out there without a lot of knowledge in it. Yeah. Um, and I think my goal in social media is always to try to be the be the encouragement yeah. and uplifting. And if someone comes across my page or they come across something that I posted that that it causes them to be encouraged and uplifted. Absolutely. And not just my opinion forced on them. Absolutely. Uh, Proverbs 21, two says people may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. You know, it's like, yeah, you might feel justified in this statement or in your opinion, but if this is not uplifting the person that it's engaging with, whether it's social media or face to face, that might not be the best moment. And at the end of the day, the Lord is examining your heart in this. Yeah. And we might not have to answer to the person on the other side of the screen, but we do have to answer to the Lord. Right. And so I think it is wise to realize a lot of times this is stirring the pot mm-hmm. and it is not my place. Yeah. So yeah. I loved recently somebody that I follow on social media who is almost always encouraging and either encouraging or funny. You know, like I, I leave watching his stories laughing and being like, okay, I feel uplifted. Mm-hmm. Well, he did a little bit the other day on how he gets hate every day on mm-hmm. social media. He's a, an author and a speaker and he travels all over and he has a lot of followers. And so he's going to get a lot of opinions, a lot of opinions and, and honestly a lot of hate. And he said he, he sees it every day. And first of all, I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't want any of that. Right. (laughs) That's, that's heavy. But, um, he responded to someone who had thrown some serious hatred Mm -hmm. towards him. This, and this person had Bible verses in their profile. I mean, so, you know, it was, it was a Christian hating on a Christian, which Mm -hmm. is just very, very sad Mm -hmm. to begin with. But he basically went right back at him and just said, Hey man, I'd love for you to DM me personally and so we could have a conversation so I could help you maybe, or I could begin to understand where this is, the root of this is coming from. Wow. I mean, he didn't just slam Brave. him back. He he basically was like, let's have a face-to-face conversation. And yeah. he said he's done that before with people, strangers, that he's been willing to FaceTime them face-to-face so they can see each, in each other's eyes and have a conversation about why they've thrown so much hatred on him when they don't even know him. Wow. And he said, some of those people have become some really good friends. Wow. You know, it's not like, that's the point. Like, have face-to-face conversations yeah. with people. Mm-hmm. Um, try to understand why it is that 
the lady was so upset about her dog yapping enough that she would scream at a kid. You know, like those are the moments where we have to really humanize ourselves and humanize the other person too right. and not dehumanize right because it's really easy to dehumanize people and forget that they have wounds and stories and feelings right. and hardships and right and things too so yeah that's really good Heath. I think that's great I think to remember face-to-face conversations you know sometimes a text response or an email response or a social media response is going to be different than how we would handle it if we were sitting across from them because When it's over a screen, you can't read their body language. You don't see how your words are impacting them. You don't see the look in their eye, even if they're great at faking it or masking it. People still respond when hurt is hurled at them or hatred. And so I think that so often there is such a place to go. This is not going to be a successful conversation over text. Yeah. Because you can't hear my tone. You can't hear my heart. Right. Um, And so I need to maybe pick up the phone, even though I hate talking on the phone. Or maybe I do need a FaceTime. Or maybe I need to set a coffee appointment. Or, you know, hey, let's grab a glass of wine and talk about this. Right. Because I don't think this is going anywhere well. Yeah. It's so funny if this has been a while back, but someone very close to me told me that my text messages are very direct and to the point. Okay. And and (laughs) non-emotional. Is it like Which, a, your lack of emoji usage? Uh, no, I think just I'm in, in my text messages, I'm fairly direct. I just, I, I see them as a means of getting things done probably is, yeah. is which to me is the, the proper use of, I don't necessarily see text messaging as conversations to be had, deep conversations, because I want those conversations to be face to face. Right. You know, so I use it as get stuff done. Yes. Productive. Right? <laughs> yes. so but it it struck me and I was because I'd never was that me did I tell you it that? wasn't you okay no. I was gonna say I, it was I our, this sounds familiar but I don't think it was me it was our other H oh yes yeah and she wasn't saying it as a slam at all she was just saying like yeah you're very direct in your text messaging and the funny thing I guess is she's is, right you are pretty direct well and I, I never, never really thought about I that, didn't though. realize that about myself either and so then I started paying attention to how I respond and I I am I'm just kind of like to the point direct probably even more so in my texting than I am in my real life that's funny um I mean I can be direct in real life but I I think I temper it a little bit yeah but um so I started paying attention to that, and and it's difficult for me to add fluff to my texts. What do you consider fluff? Uh, like an exclamation mark? Mm, I don't know. Extra a, words? A, a smile emoji? I don't know. I don't know, because I don't do it well. <laughs> That's funny. I would have never pointed that out in you or thought to say that, but that is it is true. You are pretty direct, but not in a bad way. Yeah. And like, I me, think I probably appreciate it. I, I actually do appreciate it. Well, to me, it's just, I'm just... Just answering it, yeah. just this is what it's meant simply for. as possible. Yes, with without as drama, you yeah. know. But yeah. I I can see how to other people it might come across. Maybe a people that don't harsh, know your heart, you know, and yeah. like they're or they're like, oh well, she was kind of, you know, short mad about that right now. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not mad. I'm just <laughs> just answering. She your only question. used three words in yeah. her text. So that's funny. So I've been really mindful to. Be careful of that and mm. to make sure that even in my texting, I try to have some warmth because I'm, I don't think I'm a cold person. No, you're not. Um, but so all of our listeners, if you get text messages from Heather that end in a heart or an exclamation mark, know <laughs> that Heather is effectively trying to be warm with you. <laughs> have a conversation with me face to face if you want emotion yeah. and 
warmth. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I don't know. You know, Proverbs is so full of wisdom about our words. And yeah. it's the theme I feel of Proverbs, at least for me, that stands out all the time is one wisdom that mm-hmm. we can find wisdom in it. Mm-hmm. But our words, they give life or death. Yeah, they do. And it talks about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like almost every chapter you can f- read something about our words mm-hmm. and how they impact others. Yep. And just that thought that our words really are meant, although sometimes they, sometimes we do have to face the hard things. Yeah. Let's not be cowards and shy away. Yeah. But how do we do this in a way that is loving? Yeah. And I, I desperately want my words to be words that impact people yeah, in too. a positive way. Me too. Um, but I mean, there was a story uh, recently where I had to, not recently, quite some years ago, I had to send an email that was pretty straightforward dealing with an issue that needed dealt with, you know, it was Christ followers and God's word is very clear about how you deal with Christ followers right. in a church setting. Right. It's and different than how you deal with people who don't know the Lord, how you bring discipline, how you bring a rebuke. And I had to send, I had to send a rebuke. Um, and it was, I wanted a face-to-face conversation, but they weren't willing. Yeah. They declined. And so it was my role to send that rebuke. Yeah. And it wasn't fun. I didn't like it. Like I wasn't like, this is going to be awesome. Right. Friday night rebuke, you know, <laughs> not at all. Like it broke my heart too, yeah. to have to have that conversation. Um, but the interesting thing is I know that that was shared then with other people mm-hmm. out of context. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, that was so rude and so mm-hmm. mean. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, if we're going to bully and if we're going to be mean mm-hmm. and if we're going to claim Jesus mm-hmm. and treat people, let's just be honest, like crap, mm-hmm. you are going to get the rebuke from the Lord. You mm-hmm. are going to get, the Lord is going to use the voice of other people in your life to go, this is not okay. Yeah. And you don't get to do this. And we're not going to be in community if this is how you're going to treat the people around you. Right. And I think, so just to remember that, like you said earlier, sometimes we move forward and say the hard things mm-hmm. and sometimes we sit back and be silent. Yep. Um, and that we trust the Lord is, is using those promptings from his word, from his spirit to show us what to do yeah. and what is right. Yeah, that's good. So thanks for sharing those stories about cross. Yeah. It's not always easy to navigate motherhood. Uh, no, it isn't. And don't you feel like your own flaws just come like rushing to the surface? Oh, as yeah. you deal with your children, you're like, oh, they've seen me do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why they're acting this way. Yeah. I had one of those moments this week and it was real humbling. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is, is it led me to be able to one, repent yeah. to the Lord, but also apologize to my child Yes, for having set that example in front of them yeah. and explain to them why it wasn't okay mm-hmm. for them to act that way or for me to act that yeah. way. Yeah. So it was good, a good learning moment for all of us. I, mean, I think that is so huge when your you know? kids, I don't mean yours, I mean, when our kids yeah. can see us be humble enough in front of them to say, I was wrong and uh-huh. I'm sorry. Yeah. With no, but. Right. Or justification. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have a right to do this because yeah, just I'm sorry. Because I'm the mom. Yeah. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Yeah. 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 That's really important. Well, thanks so much for listening. We're so glad that you do. We are honored that we have this platform to be able to speak into your lives. And we would love to hear from you. So share some stories with us. DM us on Instagram or send us an email at the H&H hour at gmail.com. And tell us about some times that maybe you've had to defend someone or you've 
had to stay silent mm-hmm. and watch the Lord be your defender. We would love to hear them. And it encourages us to know that you're listening and that you're responding to the words that we're saying. So we love you so much. Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you next time.